Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Temutem 
I've been through the fire. I felt the burning pain, but I won't let it bring me down. I will rise again. Somehow I'll find a way to pull me off the ground. I won't lose hope. I won't give in. We'll never question if or when I'll win. Just keep on fighting, come what may, and tell myself each day. Hashem will always love you. He knows what I am going through. Don't ever dream of giving up until I make it to the top. Hashem will always love you. He knows just what I'm going through, and everything set up for me to make me who I'm. To carry on, the way ahead is so unclear. Keep on holding tight when things don't seem alright. I have nothing left to fear. I won't lose hope. I won't give in. We'll never question if or when I'll win. Just keep on fighting, come what may, and tell myself. Shalom, 
Let's go. 
J.M. in the A.M. I guess we can call it a uh, throwback Thursday, right? Why not? Throwback Thursday here at J.M. in the A.M. With uh, Deddy and Rutza. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, that was Deddy with Rutza. Uh, before that, you heard uh, Eitan Gedalia, brand new with Birchas Chodesh. Yoeli Weiss, or Yoel Weiss, I should say. Hashem will always love you is the name of that one. Eretz Yisrael, I think we found the new song for our Tubishvat special, right? That's a great one. Elio Chait with uh, Eretz Yisrael. The Harvest Song, done by Roz Hartman and Shlomo Katz with Everlasting Love, both off the Age Kodesh album from a while ago. I'm telling you, it's a throwback Thursday. I've, I've fallen into that throwback Thursday trap. Uh, I don't know why I thought it was such a good idea this morning, but why not? Clay Zemmer, talk about throwback. Clay Zemmer with a song that um, features Rabbi Label Sharfman as the lead vocal from, I guess you could say, about 45 years ago. I'm assuming about 45 years ago. Uh, that's Kila Ha. 
and Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Yeah, even Regesh Modani is approaching 40 years, so I guess I shouldn't be so surprised. Uh, welcome to a Thursday. We're in 2023. <laughs> as much as we're throwing back today, we're in 2023. Welcome to a Thursday on this 26th of January, day four in the month of Shvat. The year is 5783. Tough Shin We're actually trying to figure out exactly what we're going to be doing on Tuba Shvat, but we are uh, certainly, we've got the, um, we've got the, uh, what's the word? We're, 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 we're not forgetting about it. We, we are, it's, at, it's on the front burner. There you go. It's on the front burner, and hopefully we'll uh, finish developing our Tubishvat special and present it a week from Monday right here at JM in the AM. Very much looking forward to that. Big day today here at JM in the AM. Elliot Steinmetz, who's coach of the University men's basketball team, the Maccabees, he's going to be joining us. They won last night, Baruch Hashem. Always nice to speak with him after a victory. Couldn't have planned it better. I believe they're 10-8. and eight. And they have seven more conference games to go. And I'm going to highly recommend that people go and enjoy those games. And we'll speak with Coach Elliot Steinmetz uh, coming up here at JM in the AM in the second hour. In the third hour this morning, the much-anticipated, long-awaited conversation with Roy Newberger. The book is called From Sinai to Yerushalayim, Our Jewish Journey Continues. The book is written by Rabbi Nachman Seltzer. It's a story of Roy and Leah Newberger. And we get to speak with him in the 8 o'clock hour this morning here at JM. I'm very much looking forward to it. I, I've been mentioning all week how every encounter we've had with Roy Newberger on the air has been very inspirational. Very inspiring. Really nice. And um, we'll hopefully have the same experience this morning. I'm fully confident we will. Go to artscroll.com, use promo code RADIO, order the book from Sinai to Yerushalayim. You'll be glad you did. Again, artscroll.com, free shipping and major discount when you use promo code RADIO. All right, so um, plenty going on here at JM and the AM, and I'm glad you are part of it. Tomorrow, Malcolm Honeline. Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Uh, that'll be in the uh, second hour tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, hard to believe it's already the end of the week again. Tonight, it's uh, Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos show. In uh, With one of the things that makes our Thursdays so remarkable here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Tonight at 7, tomorrow morning at 3, tomorrow morning at 10. Uh, and uh, we'll have an opportunity to um, to present the Erev Shabbos show three times, as I just outlined, all brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Make sure to be tuned in. Plus, of course, we have a, uh, a full schedule, to say the least. It is Thursday, after all, including the Thursday Live Lunch hosted by Yossi's Wag, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, Charlie Harari at 9 a.m. on the topic of getting honest and Parsha's bow. That's at 9 o'clock Eastern time. Also, we have a couple of uh, things in the hopper. We're going to be introducing, likely onto Bishvat, a brand new program here at the Nahum Siegel Network, which will take us to the 75th anniversary of the State of Israel. 
I am not at liberty yet to give out all the details, but it's going to be a very exciting announcement. Uh, In addition, many of you are asking about the Kosher Halftime Show. The Kosher Halftime Show today has a major production. You may see some behind-the-scenes stuff later on in social media. It is a Kosher Halftime Show that has been requested and much anticipated, and we are going to be presenting it. Thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. It will air two weeks from Sunday, and um, all I could say is get ready for a long-awaited, much-anticipated Kosher Halftime Show 2023. Very proud of this, and uh, hopefully tomorrow morning I'll tell you I'm very proud of it because the production is happening today, and we're very much looking forward to it. So there you go. That's some of the stuff that's happening here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Thursdays always seem to be an amazing day for big news and Hey, this is no exception, that's for sure. Chaim David is next. Thanks for listening on a Thursday morning at JM in the AM. Such a long journey The path is inside of you It waits, but don't wait too long The mind's so far from the heart They think and act as strangers Make peace and be as one Love and serve the one
And on the way back home, the soul rejoices deeply. Creation sings in joy as she returns to harmony. When light is revealed in those precious treasures, then sorrow has no place and joy abounds forever. Don't be afraid, His love surrounds you. Though you may feel alone, and within a soft voice,
a.m. with Ad Anna, brand new from Eliezer Ben Mordechai here at JM in the a.m. Gershon Veroba with Harimi, talk about Throwback Thursday before that, and Return Home, talk about th- Throwback Thursday with Chaim David here at JM in the a.m. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galli, it's all in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Roy Newberger is going to be our guest. The brand new book about uh, Roy and Leah Newberger is called From Sinai to Yerushalayim. It's Roy Newberger, From Sinai to Yerushalayim, the book written by Nachman Seltzer. We are highly recommending it. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio for your discount and free shipping. From Sinai to Yerushalayim, Rabbi Nachman Seltzer on the life of Roy and Leah Newberger. Roy joins us at 8 o'clock. Eastern Time. Very much looking forward to it, <laughs> to say the least. Kali Tal, the background to our news from Israel coming up, and then plenty more, of course, on a Thursday. Elliot Steinmetz, who is coach of the Yeshua University men's basketball team, the Maccabees, they won last night, and he'll join us. They've got seven conference games left in January and February, and then, of course, the Skyline Conference playoffs. We'll speak with him coming up in hour number two this morning. גלי צהל, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. Newscast, next to JMN. גלי צהל, השעה שתיים. שלום רב, באולפן מריאם בלוך, עם מה שקורה עכשיו. בישראל נערכים לפיגועי נקמה ולאפשרות של הסלמה בדרום בעקבות האירועים הבוקר בג'נין. קצין בכיר בצהל אומר כי חוליית המחבלים שחוסלה בפעילות כוחות הביטחון הייתה פצצה מתקתקת. מדווח כתבנו, שחר גליק. לפי גורם ביטחוני, החוליה שחוסלה היום בחילופי האש במחנה הפליטים ג'נין היא פצצה מתקתקת שתכננה לבצע פיגועים בעורף. בצהל מגבים את הלוחמים בשטח ויתחקרו את האירוע שבו נהרגה פלסטינית כבת 60. עוד אומר הגורם הביטחוני, האירוע עשוי להביא להשלכות גם בזירה הדרומית, גם בשאר יהודה ושומרון ובירושלים. בעניין הזה אומרים בצהל, אנחנו ערוכים באופן מלא ונתגבר את הכוחות בסוף השבוע. שר הביטחון גלנט יקיים בעוד זמן קצר הערכת מצב בהשתתפות הרמטכ"ל וראש השב"כ. הפלסטינים מדווחים על לפחות תשעה הרוגים, בהם אישה מבוגרת, בחילופי האש בג'נין. יושב ראש הרשות הפלסטינית, אבו מאזן, הכריז על שלושה ימי אבל. מוסיף פרטים, פרשננו לענייני ערבים, ג'קי חוגי. החמאס וגם הג'יהאד האיסלאמי מאיימים בתגובה חריפה בעקבות אירועי הדמים הבוקר. סגנו של הנייה, סלאח אל-ערורי, אומר, הכיבוש ישלם את המחיר על הטבח, ההתנגדות לא תישבר ותגובתה לא תתעכב. בג'נין מאושפזים עוד ארבעה פצועים קשה מחילופי האש, מניין ההרוגים עלול עוד לעלות. נשיא המדינה הרצוג קורא לקהילה הבינלאומית לפעול בנחישות נגד איראן, המאיימת על קיומה של מדינת ישראל. בנאום בפני הפרלמנט האירופי בבריסל, לציון יום הזיכרון הבינלאומי לשואה, אמר הרצוג, עלינו לפעול יחד נגד כוחות האופל והשנאה. אני מתכוון בראש ובראשונה למשטר האיראני, שלא רק קורא בפומבי להשמדת מוחלטת של מדינת ישראל, אלא גם רוצח את בנות ובני עמו, המבקשים לעצמם חירות. וזכויות אדם ואזרח ומפתח נשק להשמדה המונית בדרך לאיום דרמטי על היציבות הגלובלית כולה. המהפכה המשפטית. שתי קרנות הון סיכון בבעלות טל בר נוח הודיעו כי ימשכו את כספי ההשקעות שלהן בישראל. הקרנות מנהלות יחד כרבע מיליארד דולר. ברנוח הסביר את ההחלטה בריאיון לנורית קנטי ביומן הצהריים. ברגע שיש רפורמה משפטית ואין איזונים ובלמים, 
והרשות השופטת בעצם לא קיימת. יש פה סיכונים גדולים, יכולים לקבל החלטות שונות שבעצם לא תהיה לזה שום יכולת של בית המשפט להתערב. אנחנו מחפשים ודאות ויציבות כלכלית ושההחלטות יתקבלו כך שתהיה רשות שיכולה להתערב בקבלת ההחלטות. הבוקר הודיעה חברת התוכנה הישראלית פאפאיה על הוצאת כספיה מישראל בשל השינויים המתוכננים במערכת המשפט. בג"ץ דחה פה אחד את עתירת ארגון משמר הדמוקרטיה הישראלית להורות על הוצאתו לנבצרות של ראש הממשלה נתניהו. העותרים פנו ליועצת המשפטית לממשלה וטענו כי נתניהו הפר את הסדר ניגוד העניינים שעליו חתם. מי שלא קיבלו תשובה תוך שבוע עתרו לבג"ץ. השופטים קבעו כי יש לדחות את העתירה בשל אי מיצוי הליכים. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו לענייני משפט אביתר בר-און. ומזג האוויר בהיר וחם מהרגיל לעונה, מחר עוד עלייה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך אילן ליאור.
J.M. in the A.M. with Aton Katz. Espoir is uh, one of his most recent releases. Talk about Throwback Thursday. We uh, we did the Shlomo and Aton Katz piece from over 20 years ago. Big Lal of us. Ellie Marcus with Sos Tussis. Ellie Begun brand new with The Best of Zach. And Yoni Z brand new with We Belong here at JM in the AM. During the Holocaust, the Nazis endeavored to obliterate the identity of each and every Jew. Since the 1950s, Yad Vashem has endeavored to gather the names of the six million murdered in the Holocaust. They will be remembered forever. Yad Vashem's Book of Names is the unique result of meticulous and painstaking work that commemorates 4.8 million men, women, and children whose details have been gathered and uncovered over the years, every name, date of birth, hometown, and place of death is clearly printed and illuminated by a gentle beam of light that shines from between the pages. The monumental size of the book attests to the immeasurable and inconceivable loss to the Jewish people and to all of humanity. The Book of Names is on display at the UN from now until February the 17th. Entrance is free. It's Monday through Friday from 9 until 5. Yad Vashem's Book of Names, Breathing Life into every name. The Yad Vashem Central Database of, social, of Shoah Victims' Names is available online. Go to yadvashem.org for information again. Yadvashem.org. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Enjoy a, te- enjoy a 10% discount on all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code RADIO. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try... A&H today, you'll be glad you did. That's not even a bold prediction on my part. It's a fact. You try A&H and you'll be very happy. And your family members will be very happy as well. JM&AM, feel free to contact us via the app. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Um... And uh, let's just see here for a moment if we've had any comments on the app since we kicked things off this morning. Listener Tikva with her daily Boker Tov. Um, oh, look at this. Someone has commented on the app and writes as follows, wishing a very happy birthday to our great wife and mother, Yael Katzman. Wishing you a happy and healthy year, Aaron and the kids. All right. Thank you, Aaron and the kids. And happy birthday, Yael, from all of us here at JM in the AM. Last time we saw Yael Katzman was um, during our next-to-last broadcast of 2022, which was from the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters in Jerusalem. And... Um, that was quite a day. Remember that day? That was quite a day, to say the least. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zevin Levi and Zechonishmas Esther Basar Levi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It says in Bereshis, Nasa Adam B'Tzalmenu Kidmuseinu, Hashem said, let us make man in God's image. As we understand each of us is a living, breathing Tzalem Elohim. We are all in the image of God. 
in order for us to do our Avodah HaKodesh, the service of Hashem, we have to have instilled in us a great sense of self, a healthy self-esteem. The Chavetz Chaim once went into a yeshiva, and he said, Napoleon said to his soldiers, whoever does not believe that he could grow to be a general can also not be a regular soldier. The Chavetz Chaim continued, whoever doesn't believe that he could become a Godelador or that she could become a great Torah leader also cannot be a Yeshiva Bachar or a Beis Yaakov student because an individual is obligated to believe that they could reach the highest level, they could reach to near perfection in their daily lives. We have a similar idea expressed in the letters of the Chazonish, that the in-between person, the individual that feels that he's not great, but yet he's not bad. The Ramban writes on the Pasuk, Betach Hashem, trust in Hashem, tov, and do good. It comes to tell us that the bitachon, that a person will trust in Hashem, will help him to do all of the mitzvahs. Like it says, that the individual be helped and supported in doing good. It's comparable to two enemies. If one of them begins to feel bad, and their spirit falls. They feel that perhaps they won't be matzliach, that they will not be successful in war. Certainly, that person will lose. If every general before war enters into a state of depression or feels bad that maybe they will not be able to win, certainly the war is already lost. The same is true in Avodos Hashem. A person always has to try to be inspired, to lift themselves up, to know that their Eurydice and the Philos, that many times in life, a person may feel that they're going down. But in truth, it may be a Yerida L'Tzorech Aliyah. It may be that just today, I feel a little bit down. But because of that, tomorrow, I'm going to shoot for the stars. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, Bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. on a Thursday morning broadcast. It has been way too long since we've spoken with the coach of the University men's basketball team, the Maccabees, Elliot Steinmetz. Uh, he and the team are coming off of an 81-70 to victory last night, a Skyline Conference victory. And before I introduce him um, uh, this morning, I just want to remind everybody that the Seven games that remain, the seven regular season games that remain for Yeshiva University's men's basketball team, the Maccabees, are all Skyline Conference games. And some of them are very family-friendly in terms of the schedule. There are a couple of Saturday night games coming up, February the 4th and February the 11th at home. Uh, and in addition to that, there's a game this coming Tuesday night, the 31st of January at home as well. So if you haven't had a chance yet to take the kids and enjoy a nice family experience up at Yeshiva University. Uh, it is one of the best environments to be in, and the kids always have an amazing time. Coach Elliot Steinmetz, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. A pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. 
I appreciate that. Great to have you on. What happens the day after a game? Uh, traditionally, as you've uh, described to us many, many times over the last few years, uh, the team uh, enjoys, quotation marks, early early morning practices. I'm assuming they're allowed to sleep a, later, a little later this morning? Yes, they they are. We don't uh, we don't generally have a morning practice after uh, a night game. I mean, we'll we'll do it if we have an afternoon game. Like on Sunday, we played at three o'clock in the afternoon. We still practiced on Monday morning, but uh, this morning they have off. Well, that must be a good feeling and well deserved after yesterday's victory. Based on the box score, and uh, I, you know, admittedly, I haven't paid as much attention this season as I have in past seasons. Uh, you haven't seen me up there yet at the Max Stern Athletic Center. I'm hoping both of those things will change over the next couple of weeks as you drive toward the playoffs. But based on last night's box score, it looks like you have a very balanced attack and that you have uh, a, a real team effort uh, during this season. Would you describe it that way, that uh, you have tremendous contributions from many different players on this team? Yeah, I think that's that's very accurate. I mean, we have we have we have a, we're very young. We have uh, four freshmen that start for us. We have you know a good six or seven freshmen that that play regular minutes. We ha- and then we have great leadership. We have some uh, some of our older guys and our captains who you know contribute both on the court and off the court. And it's just uh, it's been a good mix as we kind of you know develop this group and and go through this uh, very tough schedule that we put together. How how can a team? Uh, who where, where the majority of the starters are freshmen be seven and two in the skyline conference traditionally it's a pretty tough division three conference right i know we've gotten used to the opponents certainly you have over the years but there are a lot of tough teams in it how is it that you have such a stellar record uh with such a young team uh it's a combination of things i mean most importantly we, we have we have talent um you know our, our freshmen they're young obviously and they're inexperienced but they're really really good and um, and secondly, they they listen and they and they learn and they're and they're really uh, they're engaged in practice and they're they're working hard to get better every day and they you know they're they're not scared uh, they're not they don't play like freshmen they they have their moments obviously and and things that we need to improve on which you know of course makes sense but they're out there competing and they and they work hard and and you know through you know seven of these nine games their their talent has uh, allowed them to kind of come out victorious at the end. Coach Elliot Steinmetz, Yeshiva University men's basketball team, the Maccabees, is with us. Seven and two in the conference, ten and eight overall, and coming off of a victory last night. Um, so you, you have one uh, uh, a gentleman on your team uh, whose name is Zevi Samet, and a basketball expert said to me that a basketball expert, someone who I consider to be a basketball expert, said to me, uh, and apologies for a moment to, you know, Ryan Terrell and Simcha Halpert, uh, as as great as, uh, as as much as you've enjoyed the, uh, the success of some of the pure shooters who've come through YU over the last few years, including the two I just mentioned, um, this gentleman thinks that Samit is the best of all of them. How would you evaluate his shooting game specifically? Uh, I mean, Zevi is obviously uh, super talented and he's a, a wonderful, wonderful kid too. And he's, you know, also a very hard worker and, and you know, on and off the court in school and base measures and on the court, he's uh, he's a hard worker. Um, yeah, we've had some really good shooters over the years. There's no doubt he's certainly right up there. And uh, he, has, he has, his his ability, that's interesting. It's like you know, we, we have some great shooters and we, we, we have, you know, a, a shooter this year, uh, Oren Batesh, who's actually shooting over 50% from three through, you know, through um, 18 games now, which is which is an unbelievable stat. 
um, and, he, and he's a great catch and shoot, Oren, and great off the dribble. Um, Zevi's, you know, where Zevi's a little different, I think, is the uncanny ability to kind of shoot off balance. Um, he just has has a has a crazy ability to make tough shots, and, and I think that's what kind of stands out for people that, that uh, you know he doesn't necessarily you know have to be in a, in a good position or balanced to to be able to be a threat. And uh, he's you know I think spent a lot of time over the years you know honing that skill, and it's uh, it's showing this year. How many shots does one have to take in high school, in summer camp, <laughs> while they're in Israel? How many shots does one have to take to master uh, becoming a great pinpoint shooter? I, I, it's, it's hundreds a day for sure. I mean, I know, I know, you know, specifically Zevi and Oren, who who are you know two of our our, our great scorers and shooters. Uh, those guys are in the gym every day taking hundreds of shots. I say it that way because I encourage the kids to come up to the games, as you heard me say. And a lot of them think that, you know, it comes with great ease to these players. They sometimes neglect to uh, understand how much hard work and how many hours go into it. Yeah, there, there's no doubt that there's talent involved. And and, it does, and the game does come easy to some guys. But, you know, you can't, you, you like anything in life, you, you can't achieve a higher level without putting in the work. And, uh, you know, we've been lucky enough to have guys who have talent and also put in the work. You've had a lot of great moments. Uh, the entire world knows that at this point. You've had some amazing moments. The NCAA uh, uh, moments, uh, you know, um, ha- have been wonderful. The victories have been great, uh, COVID notwithstanding. But there's something special about the Skyline Conference. There's something special about those playoffs, about those final games that you guys make. Uh, it brings an incredible spirit to the uh, to the school, to the campus, to the community worldwide. You know this. I mean, there, there's just something. I'm not saying that the NCAA is not more important. Believe me, everyone wants you guys to win a national championship. But the Skyline Conf- Conference um, playoffs is something really special. Uh, I, I know you don't like to do predictions, and you certainly wouldn't give out too much information about your true feelings on these airwaves. But uh, are you confident that this team – can really roll toward the playoffs and then make a real impact when the playoffs begin. Yeah, I am, and you're and you're right. You know, the skyline it, it, it is special. You know, as as we get into you know to the pure conference season now, we're in the last you know eight now seven last games are all conference games. Uh, this is a different feel. There's a different intensity. Um, you know, the non-conference games are are a big test, and some of those national teams and nationally ranked teams are really really tough and really really big and. You know, great experience for our guys to kind of get better. Uh, there's nothing like conference games. It doesn't matter what the records are. It doesn't matter if you're playing a team with the worst record or the best record in the conference. The games are just they're super intense, and you know there's there's good crowds and there's good rivalries and you know, good coaches and everyone's familiar with each other. And it just uh, it makes it makes for a, makes for a great competition and a lot of fun and and you know um, good energy in the gym. So I, I mean, I am confident. I think you know I think we have. A good squad, you know. Certainly, we're young, and and we're you know going to learn lessons along the way. But if you know if things come together and we can, you know, continue to build consistency in uh, in the way we play, then there's uh, you know no reason we shouldn't be able to be standing right at the end. You know, it's funny you mentioned earlier. I mean, specifically about Zevi Salmon. I'm sure you could say it about others. You and I used to joke years ago that that there are guys who come to a fork in the road, and and you know when it comes to basketball or the base medrash, and they they choose one over the other. You know, totally understood. I, I don't think you and I ever thought that there'd be this uh, you know symbiotic relationship that you'd have players e- even before this season, of course. Uh, who really are doing both, who are who are showing very serious spiritual and religious development and very serious basketball and athletic development at the same time. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's awesome, and I think it's um, you know obviously a great representation of uh, you know of what YU stands for. And we have kids from all different backgrounds, and they all represent you know the university, obviously, and our and our larger Jewish community in, in a very very positive way. Um, but there's you know certainly something unique and special about you know something that like you know from somebody like Debbie who who takes the base measures so seriously and and is you know constantly working on his avodas Hashem and 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 his time and, and learning and and then at the same time looking at you know looking at basketball as kind of just another way for him to kind of bring out that avodas Hashem and that's really how he looks at it. We've had that conversation numerous times. This is a kid who um, you know learns before the game, learns after the game, and. And now has uh, actually got me learning uh, two minutes of Russo with him at halftime of games. So it's uh, wait it's a se- wait a second. We know how we've seen you, and we know how seriously you take halftime. You're telling me you're dedicating a couple of minutes during the half to Torah study. We we do we do two minutes running to him every half. That's unbelievable. And think about the Trailblazers, Elliot. Think about those players you had years ago who brought Torah into the locker room and, and, and the eye rolls that they must have, you know, gotten un- understandably, you know, from certain people who thought that it was a little ridiculous to try to fuse both the athletics and the spiritual. And, and, and now look at what they've done. Look at what they can look back on as, as, <laughs> as there's a Harusa going on during halftime. Uh, no, yeah, no doubt, and you know we we still have um, you know it started at a, about five years, six, five or six years ago, you know, pregame uh, before we go out. You know, one of the one of the guys always gives like a little two minute uh, you know Dvartora, and and it's you know something that some of our guys started doing about five years ago. <laughs> never would never was pushed by us. It was something they were interested in, completely right. voluntary. And you know, some guys would stay, some guys wouldn't, and now kind of. You know, everybody—it's just become part of the, uh, the you know, the pregame is that 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 happens in the locker room and everybody stays for it. And it's, you know, I, I always have appreciated and I've always pushed, you know, regardless of the the background of the kids that we recruit. Uh, you know, we've always pushed that, you know, that uniqueness and 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 what makes us different. And whenever we have a kid coming on a visit uh, to Yeshiva, we always bring him to the base measures to kind of show him what the school stands for and and what makes us different and what you know what we represent, so that they you know, understand it coming in and, and it's something that our guys all embrace and, and, and take seriously and they're proud of. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a very, you know, very cool thing. It's, it's not, it's not unusual for chaplains to deliver a message before the game in the locker room, but it is unusual when the players themselves provide, provide the chaplain, you know, <laughs> It's pretty amazing. Uh, Coach Elliot Simons and I remind everybody there are seven games left in the regular season. The home games include this coming Tuesday night up at Yeshiva University. And notably, I always like to point out the games that are really family friendly. Um, Saturday night, February the 4th, there's a home game. And Saturday night, February the 11th, there's a home game. The Skyline Conference playoffs begin on the 21st of February, and please God, if Yeshiva University is in it, and hopefully they will be, uh, the Skyline Conference final will be Sunday, February the 26th. By the way, Coach, before you go, I just have to, you know, you and I always talk about representation of the Jewish people on the court, off the court. I mean, this is a topic that, you know, you and I have discussed so many times over the years. Um, I sent you, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, I sent you a clip of what I uh, said on the air regarding Ryan Terrell, uh, your great superstar, who's now in the G League playing for the Detroit Pistons team. And I sent uh, my comments to you that I had said on the air uh, just uh, about a piece that was done by one of the news stations and how well 
he represented the Jewish people with, with things he didn't even have to say. I mean, the things he said about Shabbos, the things that he explained, you know, in that broadcast. I mean, we know he's a great guy, and you and I have always discussed how seriously he takes this role as representative of the Jewish people, but he's taking it to the nth degree. What What are your feelings as you see him develop on, on, on the almost NBA uh, forum? Yeah, he's he's really a special kid, and he he just he's got you know he's got his head in the right place with that stuff, and you know everyone's everyone's gonna have their opinions obviously on on on, on decisions that that other people make, which is fine. But you know what I give him a ton of credit for is he's you know he's true to himself, and he's uh, you know he he's he's chosen to to chase his dream, and he's chosen to kind of put Judaism on a pedestal with him as he's done it, and he's uh, he's not afraid to do it, and he you know he really he really believes in it, he really. Uh, it's something that really is in his heart and matters to him. And you know, him and I talk, uh, you know, a couple times a week usually. Um, and he's, um, you know, it's not, it's not easy what he's doing. It's not easy to be in that environment and to and to stay true to who you are. And and it's it's just not just it's not just it's not just that he stays true to it. It really, really is like in his heart who he is. And 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 it's it's something that he's proud of and that he loves. And and uh, it's exciting to see him, uh, you know, out in that kind of a public forum being able to do what he does and, you know, excel on the court, obviously, when he gets the opportunity and and continue to kind of do similar things he was doing at Yeshiva University, which yeah. is representing a, a much larger community. Oh, 100%. I was out in L.A. for a couple of days last week, and the talk in shul was that on Thursday night, his team is coming to play, to play the Lakers team out in Los Angeles. And, of course, everybody in shul was planning on, you know, when they're going, which kids they're taking, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, how amazing is that? Uh, he's getting so much great support from Jewish communities around the entire country. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, Elliot, congratulations on what you've done. People wondered, you know, with a revamped team, so to speak, and all the freshmen, how things would go. And so far, so good, thank God, Ein Hara. And continued good luck. We uh, uh, we, we are going to follow you guys uh, until the very end, and hopefully the last game of the season will be a victory. Uh, best regards to everybody up at Yeshiva, to the entire team, and we hope to see you at a game very, very soon. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Elliot Steinmetz, he is coach of the Yeshiva University men's basketball team, the Maccabees. It took us a while to get into this season <laughs> with all the other distractions we have, thank God, in our lives. Uh, but things are revving up, everybody. Start planning and going up to YU for a game and start planning on watching as they continue toward the Skyline Conference playoffs. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. Let's go. 
Solomon Roll Max Roll. I just said <laughs> I just sent Lenny a voice note. We've got to update the names in the song for 2023. Chief men's basketball team. They're rolling again. Amazing. And representing the Jewish people really well. I'll tell you. I'd like to know how many places of business, how many um organizations and groups are going to incorporate Torah study into their into their weekly meetings. Now that you know that the Yeshiva University Maccabees are doing it on a regular basis in the locker room and during the game, during the game, during halftime. Would love to know how many people are going to follow their example. Yeah. Anyway, uh, more coming up at JM and the AM on this Thursday morning with a reminder, by the way, that our friends at shopiclers.com have an amazing deal right now, a promotion that lets you sit at home, shop on the internet, couple of clicks later, 
You can just sit there and wait for your package to arrive. There's free local delivery to Jewish neighborhoods of New York and New Jersey with no minimums. And if you order by 2 p.m., you can literally have what you need by the end of the day. Same day if you order by 2 o'clock. All the details at shopeichlers.com. Again, that's shopeichlers.com. Just uh, click and shop from the comfort of your own home and get ready for your Judaic item, your gift, uh, your um, uh, whatever it is you're, you're ordering to arrive. ShopEichlers.com for information. Go to ShopEichlers.com. Roy Newberger is coming up. The book is called From Sinai to Yerushalayim. Our Jewish journey continues. The book is written by Nachman Seltzer. I am highly recommending it. Go to Artscroll.com. Again, the book is called From Sinai to Yerushalayim. Um, Again, I'm highly recommending it. And uh, when you go to artscroll.com, make sure to use promo code radio. Promo code radio, major discount, and free shipping. Again, use promo code radio for your major discount and free shipping. Can't be any clearer than that. (laughs) Major discount, free shipping, artscroll.com. When you use promo code radio, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. Modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net and try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. That's an understatement. Kosher Halftime Show in production today. Thanks to our friends at the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. Thank you to the Rothenberg family. We are going to be in production today for the Kosher Halftime Show, which will, of course, be released two weeks from Sunday. Um, it's a good production. I, well, I know we haven't produced it yet, but it, it's going to be good. It's going to be something long-awaited and much in demand, and we'll reveal the information next week right here at JM and the AM. Try to get some behind-the-scenes photos today. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Kosher Halftime Show 2023 presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm. It's our 10th Kosher Halftime Show, right? I think the first one was January of, uh, of or February of 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Um, more coming up, including Roy Newberger in hour number three this morning, if you keep it right here at JM in the AM. Children. 
watch them diving as they sway. Just hear them speak and what they say, and you might compare to the world out there, and your heart will fill with wonder at our children of today. The rhythm changes every day. Each child drumming his own ways through the joy and tears we will persevere and sing with our children. It's Kishmak to be a year. Our children are a nation. We'll do anything for them. Our children are our mission, our survival and our strength. Our children are the nation, and the nation will endure for the chain. new from Benny Friedman and Shlomi Gertner. It's called Our Children Are Our Mission. And this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. The book is called From Sinai to Yerushalayim, Our Jewish Journey Continues. The book is written by Rabbi Nachman Seltzer. It's the story of Roy and Leah Neuberger. And uh, I had mentioned for days that we're going to be speaking to Roy Newberger on the air. I had an amazing uh, surprise this morning when I was told that uh, both Roy and Leah are going to join us for the conversation, which is fantastic. And we'll speak with both of them in just a moment. I want to remind you, go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Again, you want to order from Sinai to Yerushalayim. Go to artscroll.com. When you use promo code radio, you get a major discount and, of course, free shipping on any amount 
well worth it to go to artscroll.com and use promo code radio. Again, the brand new book is called From Sinai to Yerushalayim, Our Jewish Journey Continues. Rabbi Nachman Seltzer is the author. It's a pleasure to welcome both Roy and Leah Newberger to JM in the AM. Roy, good morning to you. Good morning, Reb Nachum. <laughs> and Leah, good morning to you. Good morning. It's an honor and a pleasure to be on the show. I appreciate, oh, I appreciate that. Again, it ain't the first time, Reb Nachum. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> As I've been saying all week to my audience, whenever you guys are on this show, it's always inspiring and fun, and you never know what's going to happen, but it's always an amazing experience. <laughs> that so I, is true. So I thank both of you. If, if you read the book, by the way, folks, if you read the book, you'll see not only is it inspiring and fun, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, the Newburgers have a story that's impossible to convey in one conversation. It's another reason why we are strongly suggesting you get the book so you can read about their incredible journey. Uh, you know, Roy, it's funny, but I, I said to myself, I, I don't remember the first time we spoke on the air. I'm assuming it was around 20-some years ago. And yeah, that is correct. Uh, yeah, and you may recall that that my theme for the opening of that conversation was basically, uh, you were the guy who had it all. What on earth did you think you were missing from your life? And if people read the book, they'll see what I mean. You know, somebody who came from a family of means, well-known family, certainly well-respected family, and you know, and and you went to the best schools, etc. So, you know, whatever, whatever whatever the American dream is, you were living it. And of course, I asked you in that conversation, uh, you know. What on earth were you missing? Why would you want to leave that type of environment? And all these years later, I said to myself, you know what? This conversation is probably going to start with the exact same question. Why would somebody who quote unquote has it all drift? I wouldn't even say drift. I would say would be caught in the incredible riptide of Orthodox Judaism. Incredible riptide. That is true. Irresistible. I tell you why I was irresistible. For some reason, listen. My my mother's maiden name was Solant. Right. That 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 tells a lot. We didn't even know what the implications of that name were, but my mother had a Solanter neshama. My father was was amazing in a totally different way, but my mother had a Solanter neshama. I grew up in this rarefied atmosphere of the Upper East Side. And uh, yeah, go right ahead. I'm hearing. Should I keep going? Yeah, okay, please go ahead. Okay, yeah. In this rarefied atmosphere, of the Upper East Side, affluence, a wonderful family, as you said, Reb Nachum. Right. And we had it all, the American dream. But somehow, for a sensitive yid, and I must admit, I I, I was sensitive. I am sensitive. I think to my. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't live that way. I couldn't breathe. And, you know, I always say, but it's a really amazing. We have something we call the Yetzirah, you know, the evil inclination. And, 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 and um, we think, you know, we, we think we know what it is. Uh, when I was a kid on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, I, didn't, I never heard of the Yetzirah. But I am telling you, I saw the Yetzirah in front of me. I felt like a prisoner. My life was not my own. I could I was controlled by something that was stronger than I was, and I was scared stiff of it. I, I mean, it sounds it sounds like it made you physically unwell. It, it sounds like you that, were. That is absolutely true to some extent. I used to have stomach pains. I, I felt like I, I I was actively suffocating, and and mentally, spiritually, and sometimes physically. 
And I couldn't, no matter how much I tried to tell myself, you're living this beautiful life, great, you have everything, it just didn't work. And I had to start looking for a way to get out of it. I, I it was like a, it's my spiritual Mitzrayim. I was I, I was an an Evan, and and I and I had to get out of there. And, so I looked everywhere, and, and everywhere. It, and it doesn't sound like from the book. It doesn't sound like th- that the lifestyle was was. I don't know, it was overbearing on you. Like, it doesn't sound like that you had parents who, you know, had such great demands that the pressure was intense. Am I reading that wrong? Or did you no, have- you're 100% correct. Uh, really sensitive, wonderful parents. They never put pressure. They, they were very mentioned, but they themselves were lost the way I was. And, and, and it's amazing, Reb Nachum, because when, after we became observant, my parents responded so amazingly, so did Leah's, to our new lifestyle. They saw it, they loved it, and, and, and they became really, to a great extent, part of it. I mean, uh, so, the stories are endless. They were in the book. But oh, yeah, the, the stories are incredible. So, so one second, so affluence, uh, I mean, I, I, I would assume an incredible environment in whatever apartment building you lived in on the Upper East Side. Uh, top, Very fancy. Top school, uh, top high school, right? One of the best high schools in New York City, right? I, I think that's accurate. Um, and basi- that is absolutely accurate. And basically the choice, the run of the mill, or I should say the run, not the run of the mill, but 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 you had the you had you had completely in front of you any any school, any any college, any institution you wanted to go to, likely you'd be able to go to. So you had everything in front of you. And yet and yet <laughs> you are you are to the point where you're where you're willing to agree physically suffering from some lacking in your life. Yeah. I I wanna just say one thing about this background, this education. <clears throat> I received you made the point just now I went to the finest schools. Right. I received it's amazing. Hashem gives us gifts wherever we look. We can't even be, be, comprehend it. I received this amazing education and how to read, how to speak, very high level, um, really college level courses in high school. I, and Bar Hashem, I was able and to writing use, also, right. Yeah, so I was able to use this later when we became observant. Right. This education became a tremendous asset to me to us right. and, and, and I, I hear that communicate i hear that look my i always say my addiction to radio as a kid certainly you know and i wasn't listening to jewish uh, radio you know certainly uh, uh. <laughs> certainly helped develop into what i am now by the way now let me ask leah this question i, w- I was going to ask you but she's with us so let me ask her isn't it isn't it sort of spooky or i don't know there's just something eerie about the fact that the two of you had such parallel lives. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it just, it's, it's, it's interesting to read that the two of you end up meeting and you basically, I know not exactly the same, but you basically came from the same, both, both um, uh, the, the same journey, the same type of background, the same educational background, and you end up meeting together. Isn't that a little bit eerie? It's it's really, it's such a nice, it's a miracle from Hashem, it's such a bracha that I, 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 I grew up in, a, in an atmosphere that was not as affluent, but, but, a, but similar in so many ways, wonderful family and, and good education and so on. 
And we actually met in high school in ninth and 10th grade. I was 15, he was 16. <laughs> and the amazing, amazing thing is that I always felt I wasn't miserable with it the way my husband was growing up, that he felt so intensely and so miserably something's missing, something's wrong. He he, he was so disturbed by the, what goes on in society and, and his friends used some language that he thought was not right and all different things like that. I, I felt it in a different way. I felt just empty, very empty inside. And I felt there has to be something more to life than just material things. I get one thing and then the next, and, I, and then in a few days I want something else. I want something else. I'm never satisfied with this material. When, when, did you fir- I, and, when, when did you first share your emptiness with each other? What was the first conversation of, I'm just not enjoying life the way I'd like to? When did that take place? <laughs> That that was that was really <laughs> very soon after we met. We 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 well, the first time we met, we had a very deep conversation. I had never met anyone so interesting before, and and so uh, thoughtful. And he feels deeply. He thinks deeply. And he made me more intensely aware something's missing. We need to live for something bigger than ourselves. There must be truth. There has to, we have to find it. There has to, we have to make the world a better place. And together we, we worked all kinds of causes to make the world better, but still that empty feeling inside didn't go away until many, many years later when we finally discovered Torah. And, and, and then we felt, you know, we finally found the truth after studying every religion you could think of. Um, and all different, we didn't even believe in God in the beginning, actually. We never had met anyone who believed in God. But but then there was an experience in college where my right. husband all of a sudden cried out to God. So right. so then that, then we had hope, and and we we searched and searched for so many years to to find the real thing. Unbelievable. Me, I just interjects one comment on this. It's amazing what you said is so true that we met and we like we needed each other because we. We, we we had to go on this path together. Right. How can but, you make a journey like this without a responsible partner? You know, like it. it it's, oh my gosh! But the amazing thing is, you know, Asia Connect though Hashem brings two halves together. Right. My wife is. We're so similar, and we're so different. My wife is so normal. And I am so crazy. It's not, you're not crazy. It's so fun- just intense. Well, it's so oh, funny. It's you. so funny you say this because I have I have a. This is based. I'm, I'm, I actually stole this from another radio personality. I don't think he minds, but 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 there's something about people who are fun lovers and truth seekers. And you, Roy Newberger, to me, is an amazing combination of fun in a good way. I mean, in the most positive way and truth. And Leah, do, am I right, Leah? Am I? Am I? Am, is it a good evaluation? You know what? This I think this book really brings it out because it's so inspiring and at the same time so enjoyable right, to exactly, read. Exactly. And, and, and also so our journeys. There's nothing. There's nothing the world, wrong with a, really. There's nothing wrong with a fun life as long as it's a proper life. You know, I, can, I, I, I tell you, when we have a program, whether it's in, you know, Tbilisi or Berlin or St. Louis, I, I can always gauge it. Like right now, I have to admit, I'm having, it's fun. You feel good. You feel when you're feeling, your neshama is like sensing the simcha of the occasion, and it's a gauge whether it was effective or not. Our journeys, which are described in this book, so beautifully by Rav Nachman Seltzer, um, 
I mean, they were they were just beautiful. They were they were wonderful occasions of happiness. When we met Jews like on the other end of the world, and you would never think we could connect with them. We couldn't even speak their language, and and we in some cases we had to have a translator. And it, 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 guess what? The neshamas connect with each other, and we became instant friends. It didn't matter if it was in the middle of a forest in, in, in Russia, which, which we had that experience right. described in the book. Wait, you're both, were you both undergrads at Michigan or, or just graduate school? Yes, yes, both, yes. Okay. So, my, so, so my husband was one year ahead of me. Okay, and, so, and, and, you, and, you both both go, and you both go to Michigan, not, not a foreign concept for Upper East Siders, as, as crazy as some people in our community right. might think that is. So you both go to Michigan. <laughs> How is it when you go back today? And you still do this, right? You still go to University of Michigan to speak. We're going in two weeks. And I know people who are there. I know people who, you know, again, it's still a very popular Jewish school with Jews from all around the country going there. 100%. At Kalakavod, the Chabad, and others, other organizations that are really helping kids, you know, from Jewish backgrounds on those campuses. But how do you feel when you see thousands, and it is thousands, of students who you know their lives would be so enhanced and so much better if they would be on a similar journey like you were once you left the University of Michigan. Is it heartbreaking for you? Are you able to keep a positive outlook? You're seeing a lot of Yiddish and Hashemas that are really struggling, and you know what that struggle is all about. Look, I, I, I you know, Hazal predicted all our, 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 the, the Gemara says, the Navi says, the prophets say, at the end of our Gullus, there are going to be so many, such terrible missions, so many trials and tribulations, so many people going the opposite direction. But I want to tell you, I think what we see when we see these kids is opportunity because all you have to do is talk to them, tell them the story. As my wife is fond of saying, we never preach. You, never, you can't preach it. Nobody wants to hear, you know, tell me what to do. Right. But a story people love. People love a story. We tell them our story, and they connect so unbelievably. Um, can I tell you one story? From of the book? course. Go right ahead, of course. So my father was an amazing, amazing person. Amazing. He lived to be 107 and a half. And we should mention he, he, was, a, was, he was a Wall Street legend. He was an art-collecting legend. A lot of things. He had a lot of things going on in his oh. life. Was he a legend? In, in and a somebody. legend in, in integrity. Right. That is true. Right. A leg, legend in integrity. In, in so, an era when and, integrity was appreciated. You said it was, it was unbelievable. A tremendous Kiddush Hashem. My father didn't know the word Kiddush Hashem, but he lived it. Yep. And, and so in 2008, I published my third book, 2020 Vision. And I brought it to my father because, you know, his son wrote it. So what's he? Well, he's not interested in this stuff. He's going to throw it in the garbage. I mean, excuse me for that expression, but that's what I thought he would do. The next day, I used to visit him six days a week. Every day, I would come from Brooklyn. Three hours out of my day, I spent visiting my father. And I came the next day. He's reading this book, and he was 104. He was sitting there every day reading it. He wouldn't let me talk because he's too busy reading. He read it four times. And then the whole series of events, you know, we, Shmuel Berman's at Sal told us, your father has to put on tefillin at least once in his life. 
as a result of this, my wife thought this I, is the time because you because you you were confident that even for his bar mitzvah, he had never put on tefillin. What bar mitzvah? I don't <laughs> I don't think he had a bar mitzvah, Reb Nachum. You ne- don't know where my family came from. Very like assimilated. From- very, ne- very ne- way ne- out Never there. observed Yom Kippur. Uh, when we grew up, no, the biggest day of my life was December 25th. I mean, I never had a bar mitzvah till whatever, till whatever. Americans. I, no, no Rosh Hashanah, no Yom Kippur, no Pesach, no, no Hanukkah, nothing, nothing. We didn't know anything. And and so my father put on tefillin. Then we went to the University of Michigan. Wait, wait, wait. How he old was, was he? How old was he when he put on the tefillin? 100, a week before his 105th birthday. And why did he agree it's to never, do it? Why, not, did, why, did he, why did he agree to do it? May I talk here about this a little I bit? I think you should talk. My <laughs> wife is so articulate. Thank you so much. So so, <laughs> so he he read the book four times. He had already, always, always, sorry, he had always said in his life, Religion is the cause of all the problems in the world. I don't believe in any religion. Then he read 2020 Vision four times. He was so inspired that he put on tefillin for the first time in his life, and he told his aide, we're going to Israel. Oh, how are we going to Israel? How are we going to do that? He said, Roy knows he's going to take us. He was so inspired by the book. And and it was really amazing. And it shows it's never too late for any person to make an important change in life. And I, I just want to mention something about University of Michigan uh, that that uh, Rabbi Foley Eisenberger, the JR, the Jewish Resource Center, has a fabulous program. And he, he has 40 students every semester. And, and we speak for them twice a year, usually, unless we're in Israel, we speak when we're in America. And we find that they respond so well. They They're very... Uh, you know, a story is so totally unthreatening, our personal story. And then they want to talk to us and they want to buy books and they want they, they want to come for Shabbos. And, and it's you see the Nishama's lighting up and it's the most beautiful thing in the world. Okay, so listen, I want to just complete the story. So the year my father put on Tula, we went to Ann Arbor a few weeks later to the University of Michigan. And there was a guy there, a young man, a pre-med student, Jared Spitz. And Jared Spitz heard this whole story my father putting on film at the age of 104 and 51 weeks. And he woke up the next morning and he says to himself, wait a minute, I'm, I'm 21 years old. I'm, am I going to wait till I'm 104? So he calls up Rabbi Foley Eisenberg. Rabbi, can you get me a pair of tefillin? Sure. So the next day, Jared Spitz starts putting on tefillin, which I think he's, he, he's continuing to do it to this very day. But not only that, he got all his friends to put on tefillin. He told them the story, my father putting on at 104. And, he, and, and so a whole group of people started putting on tefillin because my father put on tefillin when he was 104 years old. How thankful are you that you wrote this? How thankful are you that and you wrote the book. It's in the book. How you th- can see Jared Spitz's picture in the book. How thankful are you that you wrote Vision 2020? Uh, what? How 2020 thank- Vision. How, be- how thankful are you that you wrote 2020 Vision? How what? How thankful, thankful are, are you? You, you, you? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I do. I must admit, I love that book. I love that book. It's, it's, a, it's such a beautiful book. But look, so at what, look, at only- the, look at the effect it had on your father. <laughs> incredible and I did not expect it but as Leah said four times he read it Unbelievable. he sat there reading it 
What happened? It's a beautiful. What happened on January the tenth, nineteen sixty-six? Ah, this is such a story. I can't even grasp the hugeness of this story. On January tenth, nineteen sixty-six, we were students at the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan. We were undergraduates. We'd been married two and a half years, and everything was falling apart. This is what you asked about before. This was not a theory, but our life didn't work without Torah. We tried. I didn't want to be religious. Oy. And, 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 and our marriage was, we had no Torah, we had no Shabbos, we had no nothing. May I just say, we had never even met anyone who believed in God growing up. That's the secular so, circle. So, so on January 10th, 1966, I felt I, 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 everything was falling apart. And I was sure our marriage was falling apart and, and my life was falling apart. I mean, a little, I can go into details, but this was not, I, I, I was a graduate student. I, 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 I was, I was, I, I, I was not, my brain was not functioning. And I woke up that night in the middle of the night, 2 AM and I started crying and I just saw my life is, as they say, garnished with garnished. It's all, I've tried everything. There is no solution. There's nothing I haven't tried. It's all over. And I literally believe, I'm not exaggerating, that if something hadn't happened to save my life, our life, I would have spent the rest of my days in a mental institution in a padded cell. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. That's how bad it was. And then I'm crying, and all of a sudden I get this crazy thought in the middle of the night in Ann Arbor, Michigan, 1966. Wait a minute. Maybe, could there be a God? A God? What? God? Are you kidding me? That's crazy. And then it just hit me. If your life is falling apart, you need God. You need God. God, help me. Save me. Get me out of here. And all of a sudden, I accepted the possibility that God exists. And that thought alone changed our entire life. How did your, how did, how did your wife react to that? <laughs> it was a process we, of years. We both were so moved by his experience that we felt hope. We felt so much hope. And that's when we started to study all different religions, not Judaism, because right. we had gone to our friends from our mitzvahs that were just a party and, and no... Uh, they never went back to synagogue again. So we, we thought Judaism was materialism and we need more. But, but it took many, many years till we found uh, all these other things were not the thing, not true. And, and that we, we uh, thank God we heard Rebbe Sinester Youngray speak and we Eight years were, later. On the, were on the path to living a Torah life. And so, it's, that so, it's, was, so it's eight years. Of that's it. There's nothing else out there. It's only Torah. That's it. So it's eight. Everyone should appreciate growing up with it. And and we had to struggle for it. Well, that's and, why uh, that's why these conversations with you both always start with the way I start because you know me being from from birth, I sometimes wonder why would someone want to gravitate toward this lifestyle if they don't have to, so to speak. And I'm still it, asking this it question. It doesn't work, baby. And I'm still asking this There's question. Nothing else out there. And I'm still asking it's this question. Thing. And I'm still asking this question at my age, which is pretty remarkable, frankly. <laughs> but if you had to, if you could I just add to that story briefly of because of the most amazing, miraculous thing happened in the last few weeks. 
weeks related to January 10th, 1966, that I'm just shaking from it. It's unbelievable. I later found out that January 10th, 1966 was the 18th day of the month, the Jewish month of Teves. And then in the years from then until now, this very day, during the month of Teves, especially around the 18th day, miraculous things kept happening to us year after year well, after year. Well, that's a couple, that's, you, a, that's a couple of weeks ago. Well, uh, let me tell you, this is, this is beyond belief. Uh, I mean, among other things, we had a huge car crash, you know, many years later. Yeah, I read about Our that. Our car though. was totaled on the Major Deegan Expressway at right. 12 midnight. With you in coming it. back from <laughs> Right. Well, with us in it, right. and nothing happened. We walked out without a scratch, and it was one of those crashes where there are like fire engines and ambulances and police all over the place, and the cops are looking at us like, "Why are you alive? I don't get it." And 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 nobody could believe it, but we weren't just alive. We were unscathed. Nothing happened to us. Eighteenth of Teves, fifty-seven years. To the day after January 10th, 1966, the book from Sinai to Yerushalayim went on the press <laughs> at Art Scroll. <laughs> to the day, 18th of Teves, 5783, this year, a few weeks, two weeks ago, the book went on the press. And I'll say also, what is 57 years? Three times 19. The Jewish calendar is a 19-year cycle. Right. That's the year the English and Hebrew days coincide. For the third time since 1966, the English and Hebrew days coincided. Right. This year, on January 10th, and it was the 57th anniversary of the day that that most incredible experience happened to us in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Pretty amazing. The story of Roy and Leah Newberger. They're both with us live via telephone. The book is called From Sinai to Yerushalayim. Our Jewish journey continues. Speaking of Art Scroll, go to artscroll.com. The book is written by Nachman Seltzer. From Sinai to Yerushalayim, go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio for your major discount and free shipping. All right, let me ask both of you, and I know it's, it's impossible to do this in a minute, but hey, we're going to try our best. If you ha and, and read the book, everybody. If you want to read about the incredible effect that Robertson Youngrice had on thousands, but here are two examples, read the book. If someone were to ask you, describe the effect of Robertson Youngrice. What was Robertson Youngrice all about? I know it's impossible to do it in 60 seconds, but how would you encapsulate what the experience with her was all about, Roy? Okay, I will tell you, Devarim and Alev, words from the heart enter the heart. When we saw Rebetzin Young Rice in Newburgh, New York, in March or April of 1974. Which really we wasn't totaled. supposed to happen, by the way, folks. It wasn't really supposed to happen. Not supposed to happen. And, and, and it happened that she got up there anyway. It, it, that's the whole story. It's in the right. book. It's right. all it's in the, the book, book how it happened. Right. But it, I, I felt I describe it like little soldiers of words were marching into my heart. We're sitting there. We've never been inside a synagogue in our lives before. And she started speaking. And all of a sudden, we're hysterical crying. She got to our neshama. We've seen it with thousands of Israeli soldiers in Israel. Israel, the same thing in Hebrew, in English, whatever in Yiddish, whatever language it is. She had a gift to penetrate the soul. Leah, how would you describe it? 
Yeah, it's it's really uh, tr- it's it's. I think Israel described it very beautifully. Her, her emotion connect, uh, together with words of Torah were just overwhelming. And we here we had studied in the finest universities, and we'd heard all these famous professors and speakers, and and this was just a totally totally different experience. And uh, as we found when we started to study with her and we learned Torah. We had we had been we'd both been English majors in college. My husband got his master's. I got my my bachelor's there, and we used to analyze all the different books. But to, <laughs> it, it's nothing compared to Torah because Torah has levels levels and layers and layers and layers of meaning that a human being could never could never accomplish, and and it just was so. Amazing to follow up with the, with the going to her Torah classes, which was a very big deal because we lived so far away. But we yeah, you, made you, it to our drive each would, way. You literally to, to, would to go to the classes, and we were finding out who we are and how we should live. And then we, from from experiencing that, we felt like before we were dead, and now we're alive. You literally drove two hours to be at her classes, and then you were all in. You literally moved to her neighborhood, became that pro- is true. became prominent yeah. members of her husband's shul, right? And and, yeah. then, and then end up being machatanim with the family, right? I mean, you, you literally yeah, too, 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 too amazing amazing to yeah, contemplate. How our daughter's married to her son. Say it again. I'm sorry, Leah. Our daughter Yaffa is married to Usher until Young Grace, right. Robertson Young Grace's son. I mean, talk about being all Papa in. Shem. I mean, you know, what were you saying, Roy? How how thankful? What'd you say? It, it, it's unbelievable oh, that, that, that every detail, when you look back at every atom, every millisecond of your life, you realize that Hashem is holding your hand the whole time. Whether it's Taurus, whether it's Simcha, it's all, I mean, I could go on and on. I really could. But, uh, but we have five hours, right? But, but, <laughs> but. But but it, it, it's unbelievable. There's no detail that is not absolutely miraculous. And, you know, even when you don't know Hashem exists, He knows you exist, and He's holding your hand the whole time. What would, and what, every, what, would your parent, yeah. what would your parents say about their grandchildren? <laughs> that, that, you know, our parents, all of them thought we were nuts when we be, we told them we're being, I, I, there's a letter from my brother in this book which describes the exact experience tells you exactly what day he was sitting there when I told uh, parents we're changing our lifestyle and he was angry he thought here goes Roy again off the deep end another crazy scheme that's going to last three months and, 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 and at the end of the letter, so beautifully says, I must admit, I was wrong. But my parents and my wife's and Leah's parents, after a while, they saw how normal our life was. What would they beautiful. say about their grandchildren? What would they say in 2023 oh, about them? Oh, they knew them. They knew them. They knew them. They the grandchildren them. were the biggest care of machers over there. I mean, that did it. They saw such beautiful, Adel, the grandchildren, beautiful grandchildren treated with them with so much respect. And great-grandchildren. And great-grandchildren. Unbelievable. They had a huge effect on them. Other their peers didn't have families. The people that we went to school with from our own life, I can't even. I don't want to talk about the mess their lives became. Do, are, 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 are there people in this country who, when they are struggling 
as they become more religious and their parents are not exactly on the same page, do they contact you to ask advice about that? Oh, always. We're always talking about these things. And, and, and there are many stories in the book about there are people who, they, you know, had no support. Now, that's what we had people live in our home. Rabbits and Young Rights would send us people. We had people who lived for years in our home who came from, you know, families, you name it, every, all over the place. And, and, and they lived with us and, 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 and for years and years and years. Are, you, just visited. are you ever asked to speak to the parents? I mean, we speak for everybody. No, but are, are, we, you, are, I mean, are you ever asked sometimes. To, to speak directly to the parents? I'm curious what you would say to the parents in, in a situation it's like that. It's not so easy. I mean, it, it depends. I mean, there are a few, a few times, yes. They're, they're actually, there are parents I'm in touch with right now from old, old, uh, a, a, a whole complicated situation. But yes, I mean, but it's not easy. It's not so easy to yeah. speak to someone who, who doesn't want to hear, yeah. who doesn't want to hear. You know, that I, 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 I must admit, I'm not so good at that because if they don't want to hear you. So your words, Robinson Young Rice was better at that than I am. But 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 when, when there's a tiny opening, you can speak to them. The, well, and we, the, we, we are in touch and, with and parents. Can I yes. just say something about about this that that uh, Robinson Young Rice taught us? And I think this is very important for all Balichuva to understand that that um, to give respect and to honor right. the parents, to respect them, and and be good to them, and and then uh, it, it just does wonders. We always worked very hard to honor and respect our parents, and, and, and then they saw how our children and grandchildren were growing up with, with also being so kind and respectful, and, and they saw that a lot of their friends' grandchildren were not like that, and and it made a big impression, and they adored all our children and grandchildren. Was Nachum, do I have time for a story, or should I not say anything? No, go okay, right. I, I have something I want to get to, but go right ahead. <laughs> okay, so so I just want to tell you a story about my mother. I mean, we were zocha, um to have a kura. All our parents had Jewish burial, wow. which, believe me, without going into the details or in the book, but it was not simple at all. Sure. We had the help of Rebel Elchanan Zone, yeah. Shlita, the head right. of the Hebra Kadisha of Queens, right. the head of the, of the National Coast of He helped us all the way. He held our hands, sometimes literally, my hand anyway. And, and, but I want to tell you, my mother... It's a story. Some of it I can't even say in public, but but it was an amazing story how all our parents met merited Kavura. On my mother's first yard site, I went to the cemetery. I was the only member of the family there. I davened there. I I I said to him, and I left as I left the cemetery. Left my mother's kever. I said to Hashem, Hashem. <coughs> Hashem Excuse me, I, I, I really think that Mother is an Olam HaEmes with you, and that uh, if she is, uh, you know, I, I think I had something to do with it. Hashem, I'm just wondering, you know, if I could get, you know, like a little report, what's going on over there? So, following this somewhat crazy conversation with Hashem, I went home, I didn't say a word to anybody. The next morning, our daughter, Miriam, who now... Well, Hashem lives in Yerushalayim. Miriam was single then. She woke up. Abba, I had a dream last night. Grandma came to me in my dream, and she was so happy. 
The next morning, Hashem answered my tefillah. Oh, boy. My mother appeared to our daughter. I hadn't said a word. Not uh, to me, to our daughter. <laughs> and she was shining. She was so happy. Unbelievable. That tells the story. It certainly does. Roy and Leah Newberger are with us live via telephone. The book is called From Sinai to Yerushalayim, written by Nachman Seltzer. The close connection that both of you now have to Israel, is that all from Rebetzin Jungreis? I would have to assume, based on the way you've described your backgrounds, that likely your families did not have much to do with Israel. Was this all because of her, or were there other circumstances as well? Leah, could I answer this one? Yes. Yeah, okay. An amazing thing happened, Nachum. Every Jew loves Israel. It's amazing. I just we just spoke to somebody. Every Jew, I think, the more the more they feel, the more they want to be in in Eretz Israel, and especially as conditions become more difficult and chaotic outside Israel, and I'm in Israel also, but. People are wanting more and more to live there. We always wanted to live there. We have had a place in Israel for over 20 years where we would go back and forth. We had an apartment. We had a place. And during Corona, three, no, no, before Corona, February 2020, 2020, three years ago, we went to Israel for a simcha. And we, and we were going to stay till after Pesach, like six weeks or whatever. By the time Pesach came, there was corona in the world. Right. The planes were grounded. The airports were closed. We could not leave Israel for 15 months. We didn't leave Israel. We couldn't leave. for 50, We didn't see our American children for 15 months. And we, uh, legally, we had to make... Aliyah, if we want to be legal, have legal status there, they wouldn't renew our tourist visa. So we made Aliyah, and Mazel tov. then, and, and, and I, I just want to say, uh, that Pesach, when we were there, I realized something amazing. You could want to go to Israel, but it's not so simple. It's not so simple to move and change your whole life. You have a whole life outside Israel. And I realized, it says in the Haggadah, Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, the Yad Chazaka, Yad Chazaka. And I felt Hashem took us out, brought us to Eretz Yisrael, enabled us to make Yad Chazaka. It wasn't, it was beyond us, circumstances. And then the Haggadah continues. The Yad Chazaka Zu HaDever. This is a Dever, Dever, the plague. It says in the Haggadah, the plague. This is the, the, the uh, Yad Chazaka. And that's exactly what happened to us. Corona. The plague of Corona was the instrument through which Hashem took us out uh, and brought us to Eretz Yisrael. So just back, to my, I just, so just back to my original question. The, the first, I mean, you, you, you already said every Jew loves Israel, which I get it, and that's a great answer. Uh, but does she still get the majority of the credit? Or Excuse me for saying that, it, that Yisrael, you did not answer the question. And I would <laughs> like Mechila, to... you answered. <laughs> I told you we were a team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the answer is the first time we ever went to Israel was with Rebetz and Young Rice. She said, uh, I'll show them. Our first and job is... That was, that was uh, in the spring of 19... 19- 75? 74. 74. 1974. Yeah, after the Oh, you're right. 74. I'm sorry. 74. Exactly. 74. So, so we had never been interested in going to Israel. We, we, you know, we didn't know 
and I didn't feel any connection. And we actually, we even thought that the Jews stole it from the Arabs. We knew nothing. And then we were learning Chomish with Rebetzin Yongreis, Bereshis Bara Elohim, and the famous Rashi that that uh, why should the Book of Laws start with the creation of the world? And he, he says, hold up this book, and and uh, it it shows that. God created the world. He could apportion the land to whoever he wished, and he gave the land to Avram, Yisrael, Yaakov, and to their descendants, and that's to us. So we were very excited to go to Israel from that time. So the first time we ever went was with Rebbe and Young Rice, and it was a huge, amazing, wonderful experience. Life-changing. And that's, that's what uh, you know, made us want to go back and back and back. We went many times with her group, and, we, and then we went many times on our own later, and then eventually bought an apartment. So it's definitely Rebus and Young Rice who inspired us to, to uh, love Israel, to go to Israel, to appreciate Israel. And Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, that's the story. Um, are you speaking to us today from Israel or from the United States? We're in the U.S. We came in to see our children. And we also came in to promote the new book. So we're Lord. here for a while. We, we were and here we're for doing, a uh, Yeah, we're here for speaking in many places and doing book signings. And is, so your, is your tour sold out, or can people still schedule you guys on this book tour? We still, have, we still, we still have, have to schedule. We're, we're, we're here for this, we, we and we're adjusting our we're, schedule. We go where we're needed. We're going to be speaking locally. We're going to be speaking in Houston, Texas, and probably in in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and Cincinnati. And <laughs> Hashem, Hashem. We're on the go. Pretty amazing. One of my listeners writes to me that uh, they believe that Roy is a truth seeker and a uh, fun lover, but they want to know if he's truly a Michigan guy. Does he hate Ohio State? Uh, Roy, what's the story with that? <laughs> Do you hate Ohio State or not? <laughs> we, we actually we spoke at Ohio State, and we we love every, we love every Jew. <laughs> that is very funny. Just, just trying to establish your credentials here from Ann Arbor. All right. Hopefully, the people in Ann Arbor didn't hear you say how much you enjoyed your visit to. Ohio State. Let's hope. Um, so if there's somebody out there, if there's somebody out there, Roy, who is frustrated with the price of yeshiva tuition, who is frustrated with the costs of being an Orthodox Jew, who is frustrated by having to decide uh, to what degree they want their family to grow because of the difficulties that sometimes families face in our community. And they may, they may, God forbid, build some type of resentment toward our way of life, what would you say to them? Wow. Amazing question. I would put it like this, that it's not an easy time we're living in. There are huge, huge challenges. But I would say like this, it's really, I believe, we found out in our life, Hashem takes care of us. Hashem holds our hand. The more we invest in him, the more dividends we're going to get, the more everything we're wow. going to get. That says it all. And he's going to take care of us in ways we cannot imagine. Yeah. We have seen miracles when things, things, we've seen times when things seemed impossible, right. and then Hashem helped us. If, I can, if the, I can add to that, do what you have to do. Because obviously one must try to do what they need to do and at the same time put your full faith in the one above. 
That is 100%. Right. Listen, we have to use our brains. Right. Hashem gave us brains, uh, We, you know, to and be our, smart. We can't and do anything work, foolish, and our work but ethic, we have to we believe gotta, in him. we got to take advantage of our work ethic and, and do what we need to do. But in, right. the, in the long run, we need to know that we are... We are puppets in a uh, in a uh, scene that he is controlling from above, and uh, do, and doing. Uh, Go ahead, Leah. Sorry, and and many times we we've seen that things that seem to be a disaster and terrible, right. and and just the worst thing in the world, and, and no good could come from it, and then later on we see good did come from it, and and. Uh, you know, in a long, long perspective, we're going. Eventually, we're going. We'll all see that all the good that that it's all really all good. But it's you know, when you're going through the tough times, it's not easy to feel it. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, can't thank you both enough. Everybody out there, Rabbi Nachman Seltzer has a great brand new book. It's called From Sinai to Yerushalayim, Our Jewish Journey Continues. It's about our guests this morning, the story of Roy and Leah Neuberger. Written by Rabbi Nachman Seltzer. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio for your discount and your free shipping. Go to artscroll.com. Order from Sinai to Yerushalayim. And again, make sure to use promo code radio. Proud to... Um, Call him a fun lover and truth seeker and proud to call both of them good friends of ours here at JM and the AM. Roy and Leah, I cannot thank you enough for joining us this morning. Reb Nachem, we all uh, talk about fun. You are fun. <laughs> we love, uh, we love whenever we talk to, but we ever speak to you. We love it's it. A, a true we pleasure. love you. Thank a you true so pleasure. Much. Thank you so much. And you're an amazing person, Reb Nachman. Hashem should bless you and give you siyata deshmaya ad mevesrim ad mashiach, and together we should see the Gula Shalema very soon. Amen. And that bracha to all goes to all the listeners here. Amen. Amen. And and Klal Yisrael, Mer Hashem. Thank you. Thank you both so much, Roy and Leah Newberger, on a very very special Thursday morning here at JM in the AM.
forever it seems to be with him his hopes his dreams open your heart Hashem awaits to enter to be at your side a single stride is all you need his helping hand will take you ever higher and lead you on the road to your return approaching the holy wall His home, oh, to be there Needs his father's guidance His love to help him grow He's just not the same He looks to the wall Cries and calls his father's name Open your heart Hashem awaits to enter To be at your side, a single stride, is all you need. His helping hand will take you ever higher and lead you on the road to your return.
J.M. and the A.M., The Return. thought that was a good song to play after that conversation on the air with Roy and Leia Newberger. Unbelievable, huh? What a story, huh? Check it out. Get the book, artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio, artscroll.com, free shipping, and, of course, major discounts when you use promo code radio. Unbelievable. The whole story is incredible, I'll tell you. <laughs> I can't get over it. Um, if you don't receive our daily thread and or our weekly newsletter, you know what we always say, write to Avrami. He'll rectify the situation. AF at NahumSiegel.com. Again, that's AF at NahumSiegel.com. Big Thursday schedule. That includes a Yussi Zwag with a Thursday live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. It includes a Mark Zomik and the Arab Shabbos show coming up at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And again, at 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. all presented by our friends at Kedem. So check out the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek. See what what everybody's been talking about. And boy, I'll tell you, people are talking about it. that show is very very popular. Uh, so a big Thursday schedule. Feel free to uh, uh, contact us via app. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Oh, Ralph has reacted to the interview. Anything else to say? But wow, yeah. It really is. An, it's an unbelievable story. The book is so worth reading. It's just an unbelievable story. Uh, listener Edie, amazing interview with the Newburgers. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. Uh, just an amazing story. Our friends at Call Achai, C-A-L-L-A-H-A-C-H-A-I. They are your one-stop shop for your Israel-related matters. Real estate brokerage services, helping to buy and sell property in Israel, Legal advice every step of the way for Israel, financing and mortgage information, real estate investigation and property ownership search, real estate management and construction. It's all there. Um, our good friend Boaz Goldschmidt, you can reach him by writing, emailing, call Achai1, C-A-L-L-A-C-H-A-I-1 at gmail.com or by dialing 201 588 6882-201588-6882. Tomorrow morning, Malcolm Honeline, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time with the weekly update. Make sure to be tuned in. That'll be tomorrow morning, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. During the Holocaust, the Nazis endeavored to obliterate the identity of each and every Jew. Since the 1950s, Yad Vashem has endeavored to gather the names of the six million murdered in the Holocaust so that they'll be remembered forever. Yad Vashem's Book of Names is the unique result of meticulous and painstaking work that commemorates 4.8 million men, women, and children whose details have been gathered and uncovered over the years. Every name, date of birth, hometown, and place of death is clearly printed and illuminated by a gentle beam of light that shines from between the pages. The monumental size of the book attests to the immeasurable and inconceivable loss to the Jewish people and to all of humanity. The Book of Names on display at the United Nations now until February the 17th. Entrance is free Monday through Friday from 9 until 5. 
The Yad Vashem Central Database of Shoah Victims' Names is available online, yadvashem.org. For more information, again, that's yadvashem.org. Um, how are we wrapping things up today on a Thursday at JM and the AM? How about this one? Brand new with Ephraim Mendelssohn and Company at JM and the AM. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Round the world of web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network and, of course, the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing and incredible Thursday here at JMM. My thanks to Coach Elliot Steinmetz of the Yeshiva University men's basketball team, the Maccabees. And my thanks, of course, to Roy and Leah Newberger. The brand-new Rabbi Nachman Seltzer book is called From Sinai to Yerushalayim. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio and order the brand-new book From Sinai to Yerushalayim. Simple as that. Thanks so much for tuning in. Plenty coming up, as we said. Kedem presents the Arab Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek at 7 p.m. tonight, followed by Tani Gutterman and Tani Talks Parsha. Uh, 11 o'clock this morning for Yessie's Zweig and a Thursday live lunch. And uh, plenty more tomorrow. It's Malcolm Honline and uh, Rabbi Yudin and Harry Rothenberg all included in our program tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Malcolm Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.